It's November 29, 2020. Y'all must have forgot. Roy Jones returned to the ring last night to fight the one and only I Am Mike Tyson, and it was a battle of testicular fortitude. Last Sunday, WWE gave The Undertaker a final farewell at Survivor Series after a 30-year career with the company. Animaniacs returns on Hulu with a brand new season of 10 episodes. Juicy J has new music with The Hustle Continues. Gonna go over Mary J. Blige's album, My Life, and we're gonna go across the lines with Hall of Fame pitcher Mariano Rivera and Agent 47 of the Hitman series. Across the country and around the world, across the street and around the corner, this is Over the Culture. This is Over the Culture podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like these damn truck owners, especially their lame-ass excuses. Oh, man, I only got a truck because I helped my friends move. Oh, you helped one friend move one time. Oh, look at you, Lamont Sanford. Look, if you're insecure about your manhood with your little dingling, just say it, all right? What's up, everybody? I'm your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Treblack, Reaper Sutherland, Luke Flytalker, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, the troller of trolls, the prince of petty, Steve G. And this is over the culture. Shut the fuck up! We're tiny. We're toony. We're all a little loony. What's up? Friends and associates, my pals, amigos, mi hombres... What's up, my cultivating cultivists, my kings and queens, my brothers and sisters? What's up, niggas? What are you niggas thankful for? I'm thankful for my friends and family. I'm thankful for this job. I'm thankful for this job allowing me to move to a city I've been wanting to move to for a while. I am thankful for my roommate. Uh, my roommate and her boyfriend made food for Thanksgiving and they threw down. I'm thankful for y'all. Y'all some real MVPs. Uh, I'm thankful for having loving parents. Uh, I'm thankful for my siblings who I care about, who I adore. I am thankful for a lot of people in my life, in my circle. Uh, I'm not thankful for Ezekiel Elliott fumbling the ball five times, five fucking times. I'm not thankful for that. You know, he got the big contract, and I think we gave the wrong star the big contract. Uh, Is Dak worth that big of a bag? I don't know, but we gave Zeke a big bag, and goddamn, he's fumbling that too. He's fumbled just as many times as he scored touchdowns, and he's only done that six times with that big bag we gave him, that big Jerry Jones bag. Six times he's hit the end zone. Uh, He's fumbled five times. And he lost four of those five fumbles. But it is what it is. I'm thankful for The Undertaker being a big part of my childhood. Um, being one of my babysitters on Saturday afternoons. Um, thank you, Taker, for 30 years of portraying this character with the same organization. Holding it the fuck down. Last Sunday, Survivor Series... Uh, it was the, the 2020 edition of the Survivor Series, and they did a final farewell. I bid you adieu, Mr. Taker, Mr. Mean Mark Callis, Mark Calloway. And it would have been better if they had people. But goddamn this COVID fucking up the church money for everybody. Uh, you know, he, he deserves that. You know, of course, they have the digital audience that we're all having to adapt to, just like they're doing in the other sports uh, realms. But it was, I, I'm not going to say it was completely lackluster. It's good to see that they're giving the man his propers. It's good to see that he's still alive. He's still with us. And the fact that he was able to do 30 years of that character, 30 years of Undertaker, November 22nd, 1990 is when the world was introduced to The Undertaker. The Survivor Series of 1990 and Survivor Series 2020, November 22nd. Uh, I'm hoping this is the final one. You know, he's had 
retirement matches, came out of retirement. It's like, nigga, that's not how retirement works. It's kind of like too short. I, I remember him saying his his last album was back in the 90s sometime. Uh, but the nigga kept making albums. The rap game is kind of similar to the wrestling game. Like Hogan, he hung it up way past his prime. Ric Flair, way past his prime. You got to know when to leave the game alone. You have to. And because of that, Undertaker kind of drops in my rankings of all-time goats, of all-time greats. He's definitely in my top 10, but because he went so long, um, it it does kind of put a mark on his career, on his standing on my my list of greats. you know, Ultimate Warrior, because of him being a relic in time, uh, he, he was a part of a great time for wrestling, for wrestling fans. And his prime was throughout the, you could say, mid-80s, mid to late 80s, going into the early 90s. And it's not about him not knowing when to hang it up. He just, he was a kind of an asshole to Vince to different promotions, to different wrestlers, and it became hard to deal with, hard to work with, um, but because of that, his career wasn't as long as Taker, so you look at Ultimate Warrior or somebody like that who only wrestled for a certain period, and you kind of relate him to a good time. And that's one of the reasons why I think he's in a lot of people's top 10. Uh, He's a lot of people's favorite wrestler. Um, But The Undertaker, there's different versions of The Undertaker that I really enjoyed. Uh, There's parts of them, there's different versions that I was like, eh. You know, the first era, the first couple eras of Undertaker from 1990 going up until 97 98 was fucking badass he came out in all black came out with paul bear you know a man of less words sometimes a man of no words didn't say shit really paul bear did all the talking and all he said was rest in peace and he looked the part he looked like a badass that will fuck you up But when he got on that motorcycle and he started doing the American Badass Undertaker and he came out to fucking Kid Rock, it was like, oh my God, what is this shit? What in the sons of anarchy is this fucking cockamamie bullshit? I did not like that Undertaker. I did not like the Undertaker when he had his feud with Kane because I never liked Kane. Fuck Kane. Don't talk to me about about no goddamn Kane. Do not talk to me about no goddamn Kane. Fuck some Kane. The whole sibling rivalry thing. I just, eh. But man, when he came back and he was done with that motorcycle shit and he just got back to his back in black, ha, it's game time, babe. It's game time, babe. Ain't it? I, I noticed down here in Atlanta, they do this thing, ain't it? That's like the new thing that the, the, the hip hopper, the kids, that's that's what they're doing. And this, this phrase, this term, it just disobeys the law of grammar. No, no regard for subject verb agreement, none of that. Example. Man, these fries good like McDonald's, ain't it? Man, them rims sitting clean, ain't it? Man, she cold in a mother, ain't it? Donald Trump, hey, he a little bitch ass nigga, ain't it? Oh, crybaby ass nigga, ain't it? Nigga can't accept the loss, ain't it? Yeah. Yo, dick tasting dictator Donald Don. He wanted to recount in Georgia, still lost. Wanted to recount in Nevada, still lost. Wanted to recount in Arizona, lost. Now look, not gonna win. It's over, it's done. 
and uh, time to pack your bags and get stuff. Where to Marty Mark? And he wanted a recount in Pennsylvania. And they said, nigga, fuck you. No, you can't. You can't do this. You can't announce it. You can't make it official. Nigga, it's official. It's signed, sealed, delivered, stamped. All your boys are saying it's a wrap. Done, Donald. You're done. Diaper Don. Pissing like a little baby. Juicy J came out with his latest album, The Hustle Continues. Um, I don't know if this was intentional, but The Hustle Continues, uh, the abbreviation is THC. Uh, I mean, it, 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 knowing Juicy J at this point, he that probably was intentional. He's a known pot smoker. Uh, he's been an advocate of the plant for years, and it's a dope album. He's a weed head that made a dope album. The hustle continues. It's the Juicy J we've all grown to love. Talking that street shit and at the same time being comical. He's full of personality, that Juicy J. That Mr. Jordan Houston. From the guy that brought you slob on my knob like corn on the cob. Check in with me and do the job. Man, if I had a soundtrack for my college days in Bowling Green, that would be on there. She got jail and weave, jail and weave. Is she from the hood? Is she down with me? That guy from the same creator, the same writer of It's My Baby Mama, he ain't know. I mean, hey, how many rappers have a fucking Oscar? He got one. He a rapper. Is he an MC? No. But hey, I love my rappers just the same. They have a special place. I love my MCs and I love my rappers. There's levels to this shit. And Juicy J to me has always been a dope rapper. When you can mix a sense of humor in with whatever the hell you're talking about. And I'm a nerd for pop culture references. Yeah talking about wrestling in your raps ooh. ooh piece of candy ooh piece of candy I like that shit so the hustle continues came out this past Friday there's 16 songs it's about 47 minutes and some change and he has his features he has Wiz Khalifa Lex Luger Lil Baby 2 Chains, 2 Chains. he has ASAP Rocky man. Conway the Machine and the the song he does with Kanye the Machine is called Killer. It's one of my favorite tracks. Uh, Key Glock, he has Young Dolph, NLE Chopper, Meg Thee Stallion, Ty Dolla Sign, J Rock, and Project Pata, Pata, Mr. Patrick Houston, his brother. Uh, it's always a good song. Good times when the Houston brothers collab. Uh, and the song he does with J-Rock and Project Pat is called Memphis to L.A. If you're a fan of 3-6, if you've been a fan of Juicy J, check out The Hustle Continues. Also, Static Selecta dropped his latest album, The Balancing Act. And man, you talking about features. I'm not even done with it. The first track had me hooked. He opens it up with a track called The Healing with Black Thought, followed by Keep It Moving with Joey Badass, Gary Clark Jr., and Nas. Nasir Jones is on this fucking project. <sighs> so Conway the Machine is on there, Killer Mike, Two Chains, Dave East, Method Man, Jada Kiss, Styles P. Benny the Butcher, the Butcher coming, nigga. Paul Wall, baby. He's just got uh, Smoke Dizza, Lil Fame, Sean Price. Sean Price passed away years ago, but he has him on this project. Bun B, Havoc of the Legendary Mob Deep. Oh my God. The Balancing Act by Static Selecta. 
Um, now, for my criteria when it comes to hip hop album of the year, you know, I can't really place these kind of albums in there because it's not fair. You have various artists that are dope on here. But if I'm comparing it to K Slay's album, man, he's giving it some heat. K Slay, of course, he had the 17 minute track with just legendary and iconic MCs. Um, and his album was great. It came out a week or two ago. But the balancing act, it, it might be head and shoulders above this. Now, if you're a fan of hip hop, good hip hop, check out the balancing act. After you check out Juicy J's The Hustle Continues. Also, Lil Yachty, his latest album, Lil Boat 3.5. I haven't gotten to that yet, but, you know, I, I, I kind of put him in the kitty bucket. Uh, that's a big reason why I'm hesitant to listen to his. He, I'm sure I'll have a track or two I might add to my playlist because he has features. He has features with Playboy Cardi, Future, Cochise, Lil Baby, Vince Staples, Tierra Whack, ASAP Rocky, Mike Will made it. Drake's even on there. Uh, the Baby, Lil Dirk, Young Thug, and about Young Thug. Uh, apparently, he was on TI's podcast expeditiously, and he had some choice words for the one and only Andre Three Stacks, Mr. 3000 of Outcasts. And he feels like Andre has an air about himself that he's just above everyone. He's stuck up. He's sadiddy. He, he's a, a fellow. He, he's a, a a brother, a.k.a. in a way. That's that's what young thug is saying. And T.I. says bullshit. The man is not like that. Uh, and you're not about to be talking down on Andre Benjamin's name. No, you're not. T.I. knows Andre and he's telling the man, no, Andre 3000 is not like that. He's a legend. Uh, so put some respect on his name, first and foremost. Um, and the young thug is like, man, I, I couldn't tell you two Andre songs. I couldn't rap to you three, two of his songs. Like, Nigga, well, you're admitting your ignorance in hip-hop, um, but you're also lying. We know that's a goddamn lie. You're from Atlanta. You're from Atlanta. Andre 3000 is the guy responsible for paving the way for all of these MCs from Atlanta. If it wasn't for Outkast, would we have Killer Mike? Well, we have T.I. Well, we have Ludacris. Would there be a little baby? Would it be a young thug? A little Yachty? 21-21? Would there? Nope. Because it was in 1995, Andre said, the South have something to say amongst all the boos in New York. And in hindsight, it's great watching that clip because no one knew. Even the people present, none of them knew. Those New Yorkers that are so proud of their hip hop, proud of the fact that hip hop was birthed in New York, in the Bronx, baby, the boogie down Bronx. Only good hip hop comes from here. No, man, hip hop is universal at this point. That's one of the reasons why that clip is so great watching in hindsight. They were writing the South outfit. They were writing them off as just some podunk Oh, that's cute. You guys are putting rhymes together. Oh. But now look at where we are now. For the last, you could say, two decades, Atlanta has been the mecca of hip-hop. Some of the biggest names have come from here. Chart-topping. And now, where's New York? Of course we have Griselda. Benny the Butcher. West Side Gun, Conway the Machine. Of course, there's Jay-Z, Nas, Busta Rhymes, LL Cool J. Those guys are solidified. These guys were already known in the 80s and 90s. Public Enemy, Chuck D, Flavor Flav, of course, yeah. 
Big Pun, Fat Joe, yeah. Wu-Tang. All of those guys, yeah. But what have you done for us lately, New York? Okay, you got Ace Boogie with a hoodie, that's cool. Alright, you got ASAP Mob. ASAP Ferg, ASAP Rocky, that's cool. But man, Atlanta. That Atlanta, they got that 21 Savage. They got that little baby. They got that young thug. These are guys that came out in the past decade. Some of the heaviest hitters in the game. They got this group called Migos here in Atlanta. I don't know if you heard of them, but they've been doing their thing for quite some time. Young Thug, uh, I, I hope you get to a place of clarity uh, and realize the error of your ways. You you don't get onto a public platform, on a national public platform, a worldwide public platform, and speak down on Andre 3000. You just don't do it. That's something that you do not do, especially considering the fact you're from Atlanta. That shows that you're not thankful. You don't appreciate things, young thug. And I like your music. But we talking about Andre here. Better put some respect on his name. Speaking of respect, is Tory Lanez in jail yet? I'm, you know, I I listened to Meg Thee Stallion's album some more over the week. And, you know, I, I stand on what I said. That album is dope. And obviously, there's some tracks that I have to skip, uh, you know, but she's doing her damn thing. And it just brings back to mind, like, where the fuck is Tori? Like, what is going on with that? I mean, he shot a woman in the foot. He shot a woman. He shot a woman. You don't get any stripes for that, Tory Lanez. You don't get any clout for that, Tory Lanez. You get no love, no respect, Tory Lanez. You shot a woman. You should not even be in our country. Deport him. I heard they did. They took his ass back to Canada, but he should not come back. You're not allowed. We don't love you. No, that's whack, bro. That's whack. Stay in your lane, Tory Lanez. Word to Bret Hart. Canadians are supposed to be cool. Canadians are supposed to be friendly, supposed to be nice, upbeat, charming. Stay in your lane, Tory Lanez. Word to Jim Carrey's. Stay in your lane, Tory Lanez. Word to Jim Candy. John Candy. Stay in your lane, Tory Lanez. Word to Michael J. Fox. About Michael J. Fox. I'm going to admit, I, I, I fucked up last week. Now, last Sunday was November 22nd, and on November 22nd, 1989, the movie Back to the Future was released, and I didn't even fucking mention that. I felt like such a dum-dum. I felt like an idiot. I felt like a Trump supporter in 2020, and I just... You know, players fuck up from time to time. Back to the Future Part 2 is one of the greatest sequels in the history of film. Back to the Future Part 2 is one of the greatest sequels in the history of sequels. It's one of my favorite Michael J. Fox films. That and Teen Wolf. I'm sorry, Mr. Fox, Alex P. Keaton, Mr. Spin City. I'm a fan of Michael J. Fox. He's one of my favorite Canadians of all time. Way cooler than that Tory Lanez. And I just didn't... I, I, I overlooked that. And I apologize to my cultivating cultivists. Because I know you guys love Back to the Future. Especially Back to the Future too. And I just... You know, there were a lot of things that happened. You know, on that day. It's Survivor Series 1990. Had to talk about that. Toy Story was released. Had to talk about that. Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Had to talk about that. 
and I'm sorry, Back to the Future too. I, I was just so eager to talk about these other things that I just... <sighs> Animaniacs came back to Hulu. And it's 10 episodes, brand new season, and it's topical. They take jabs at Diaper Donald. They talk about election stuff. They have little sexual innuendos that go over the kids' heads. Those are the kind of cartoons I like. Hashtag Ren and Simpy. But they're tiny, they're toony, they're all loony. And they brought back Pinky and the Brain. I'm a fan of all of that. If you have a Hulu account, or if you know how to jailbreak Fire Stick... You need to smoke one and watch that Animaniacs. It'll it'll tickle your fancy. Saved by the Bells reboot also returned uh, on the Peacock app. I I downloaded the Peacock app and apparently you can only watch the pilot if you don't have the subscription. I don't have the subscription, but I have ways of getting around that bullshit. And I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. I I heard it's not good. Uh, It doesn't measure up to the original. And I wasn't expecting it to. But I just like to see those people back together. I like to see that they're alive. Um, With the exception of Dustin Diamond, uh, Screech Kid, and Eat a Dick. Yeah, I said it. Dustin Diamond... From what I've seen uh, amongst the other cast members, he's a pretty toxic human being. He's went through some strife in life, and that sucks, but it seems like he's taken his strife and his misfortunes, his uh, less than favorable uh, events in life, he's taken those out on other people. Uh, and you know, apparently he's taken that out on the people he works with from time to time, and, or who he worked with. Um, so yeah, fuck him. But yeah, Saved by the Bell, the reboot, I'm going to watch that. I'm also going to watch the Fargo series. The finale is tonight, but I ain't got cable. So Hulu, they uploaded Monday morning at 3 a.m. And I might be up still to watch it because I'm a night owl and what the fuck else I I have a podcast to do I'm a MC I'm in a band so the the midnight hours are times for artists or junkies however or both so yeah the Fargo series by the way Chris Rock is doing a bang up job in his role as Loy he plays a gangster and this is a very non-Chris Rock performance. It's not your typical comedic relief Chris Rock. He's dead-ass serious. Um, and he, he's placing orders. He, he's pushing buttons to call shots uh, that, that do people in. And I expect a nomination, uh, Emmy nomination nod. Usually when a comedian or a comedic actor does a, a serious dramatic turn it, it usually gets a lot of attention it's it's oscar bait emmy bait uh white people in stuffy gown award presentation bait people love seeing that shit historically that's what all that has been telling us yeah once again no buckeyes uh, we were supposed to play Illinois, but that got canceled because of COVID. Covizy for sheezy. Fucking Corona. Just in the way of everything. This is a great team we have, those Buckeyes. We have a great coach. And we're geared to go back into the playoffs. Now, if these kids can just stay the fuck out of people's faces, protect themselves, wear their mask not be young morons and win games, be able to play the games and win them. We're on par to take this shit all the way. So I don't know if they're rescheduling this game or what, but they're, they're talking about our eligibility being thrown out the window. And I don't like that. Corona, you better chill the fuck out, bro. I'm going to need you to chill like right now. I heard you fuck with Erica Badu. 
it, you got in one of her nostrils and, and one of her nostrils tested positive, but the other nostril tested negative. You better stay the fuck away from Erica Badu, COVID. She's got pussy candles to sell, okay? And her pussy candles obviously are essential. We need her here on this planet. We need her with us. Do not touch Erica Badu. She's a national treasure. COVID, you better call Tyrone and tell him pack your shit. Motherfucker. So no Buckeyes this weekend. Um, but last night we did have the Roy Jones Jr. versus Iron Mike Tyson match. And they fought for eight rounds. It went to a draw. The word on the street is Mike was the real winner. He landed more. He had more big punches. And he's Iron Mike Tyson. He'll eat your kids. I want your heart. He's the most vicious ever. For a more in-depth look at Mike Tyson, refer to my episode June 30th, 2019, Mike Tyson and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Might get hurt tonight. Were you really afraid in the back of your head that something could happen that, that might have put you in peril? I was afraid I might get hurt. I, was, I, I didn't fight in 20 years. He only stopped fighting for three years. I'm afraid I might get Why nobody care about my ass? Well, that's he typical, fight, right? He didn't fight in 15 years. He stopped fighting three years ago, and everybody worried about his ass. No, Nobody thinks that a giant is going to fall. I haven't did this in 15, 16 years. I'm not a giant. I'm a beginner. Yeah. And that was after the match. That was after the match. And, you know, I just like seeing those guys in the ring, man. Yes, they're in their 50s. And they went eight rounds, two minute, eight rounds. And there's a lot of capping on Internet talking about these old men. Oh, they look like drunk uncles. Oh, these drunk uncles about to fight over the last plate of Thanksgiving. Oh, shut up. Some of y'all niggas talking that shit. Some of y'all niggas capping are in your 30s and y'all get winded after one minute fighting your brother over a fucking Madden game. Cap crunch. And besides, I don't want to talk shit to a 60-year-old Roy Jones Jr., a 60-year-old Mike Tyson. I still wouldn't fuck with a 70-year-old Mike Tyson. Those are hands of granite. They fought for years for big bags, big bags. Big boy bags in big arenas. They did this shit for a living. So I'll be the last person to talk down on Roy Jones Jr. or Mike Tyson. So they went eight rounds. It went to a draw. And also Logan Paul, the the famous YouTube troller, Logan Paul had a match with Nate Robinson, and I feel like more people are talking about that match than the actual main event. Logan Paul is 25, man. Logan Paul is 25. Nate Robinson is 36. And he was a professional athlete. Logan Paul is a, a gangly white guy. Apparently, he's from Ohio. He's from Westlake, Ohio. I didn't know that. And the guy has like a billion views now. Literally, he has like a billion views on YouTube and all the social media. But, I, uh, you know, the culture is very disappointed in Nate Robinson. Uh, I thought you were about that life, man. I thought you were about that action, boss. What the fuck? Now, I get it. You're a short guy. You're 5'9". Uh, you're a diminutive fella. And Jake Paul, I don't know how tall he is. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, whatever. He looks like a Jake. But he's 6'2". Logan Paul is 6'2". Nate Robinson is 5'9". But so fucking what, dude? You're a professional athlete. You won the dunk competition. Twice. And... Black Twitter, the culture, uh... Black people. We, we just... You let us down. Malcolm X is turning in his grave. You got knocked out, bro. I mean, how can you outlive this shit? You gotta have a rematch. That's the only way. He knocked you felt flat on your face. 
But what do I know? Today in sports history, in 1934, the Chicago Bears beat Detroit 19-16 in the first NFL game broadcast nationally. In 1957, New York Mayor Robert Wagner forms a committee to replace the Dodgers and the Giants. In 1960, the 26th Heisman Trophy Award is presented to Joe Bellino, the halfback of Navy. In 1962, baseball decides to revert back to one All-Star game per year. In 1976, the New York Yankees signed free agent Reggie Jackson to a five-year contract. In 1987, Joe Montana of the San Francisco 49ers completes NFL record of 22 consecutive passes. On that same day, the New Orleans Saints earned their first NFL winning season. And in 2016, former NFL player Darren Sharper is sentenced to 20 years in prison for a series of rapes. And that was my half-fast sports report. Coming up, we're going to go over Mary J. Blige's album, My Life, and we're going to go across the lines with Mariana Rivera and Agent 47 of the Hitman series. We'll be black after these messages. Today's birthdays for November 29th. Happy 32nd birthday to American football player Russell Wilson. Also turning 32 today is American wrestler and bodybuilder Dana Brooke. Turning 35 today is American basketball player, former Cavalier, former Laker, former lover of Monica, Shannon Brown. Happy 41st birthday to American rapper The Game. American actress Anna Ferris turns 44 today. Turning 48 is American basketball player and sportscaster Jamal Mashburn. Turning 51 is Panamanian American baseball player Mariana Rivera. Turning 52 is American singer, songwriter, and dancer famous for his days in New Kids of the Block, Jonathan Knight. Happy 55th birthday to American comedian and actress Ellen Cleghorn. Turning 56 is American actor and producer Don Cheadle. What up, Ice Trey? Happy 57th birthday to American singer, songwriter, and producer Will Downing. Turning 58 is American actor and director Andrew McCarthy. Turning 65 is Canadian comedian, actor, and television host Howie Mandel. It's birthday to American director, producer, and screenwriter Joe Cohen, one half of the famous Cohen brothers. Both turning 71 today are American wrestler and manager Dutch Mantel, as well as American wrestler and sportscaster Jerry Lawler. Happy 80th birthday to American horn player and composer Chuck Mangione. We may know him more famously for his character on King of the Hill when he plays himself, Chuck Mangione. Turning 85 today is American actress Diane Ladd. And turning 93 today is American sportscaster and game shows Vin Scully. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Are you tired of being called the beanpole? Are you mad at your memories? Have they been mistaken for mosquito bites? Does your push-up bra need a push-up bra? Too embarrassed to wear a bikini at the beach because everyone will think you're a boy in drag? To that I say, OBGY, are you allowing yourself to suffer when the Itty Bitty Titty Committee is here to help you? Itty Bitty Titty Committee. IBTC is an outreach program dedicated to providing counseling and therapy sessions for women who weren't gifted with guns. For those who really want implants but can't afford them at the moment. In the meantime, we'll boost your confidence with affirmation training, gymnastic therapy, and group hugs. Micromastia is no laughing matter. It has become one of the leading factors of stress for women aged 25 to 40 in the last eight days. Stress can lead to depression, and as we know, depression can get the breast of us. You're not the only one with lowercase a cups. There's a whole community out there ready and available to help you in your time of need. Call 1-800-419-IBTC. Fly the double dragon, spitting more fire. Steve G. Canino spits up a higher. 
cheap money and Nino dope shit supplier. Start right, like Winona, I'm a rider. Make quantum leaps like the boy Scott Bakula. CG, a captain like CC Sabathia. Flip the game, sunny side up, no spatula. Accurately out the mode, roll like accurate. Set venom to the veins, flames to the mic. You give up a whole year for just a day in the life. Delays with your flight, but I'm on some mile high shit. Eyes off my plate, cause nobody gets what I get. Size 6 model and a bottle of Moscato. Won't be the only thing that mommy's gonna swallow. Follow my lead, I'll get you to the promised land. Two MCs and a pocket full of contraband. Everybody in the house, put your lighters up. DGKC, come ride with us. Spit by, you don't need no pyrotechnics. We gon' get this shit cracking from Ohio to Texas. Everybody in the house, put your lighters up. Steve GKC, come ride with us. We a Spitfire, you don't need no pyrotechnics. We gon' get this shit cracking from Ohio to Texas. Call me an LIT, cause I'm trying to get lit. Sharp tongue, I decapitate cats when I spit. Career in an injury, crime of the century. Not for the faint, a harder rhyme with intensity. Anybody looking for Canino, gon' find him with two gold plated nines shining like diamonds. Calm down, no, nah, I don't really need a rose. Even the goddamn devil sold the soul to me With LASIK surgery, still couldn't see a stand Pussy, you should be sitting on the city end I'm in the lakes with snakes and amphibians Young Billy B, I am Landell Carissian Too many chiefs, not enough Indians Sucking MCs, living in oblivion 420 sessions, listening to many Riverton And I ain't even waking up until post-meridian Everybody in the house, put your lighters up Steam GKC, come ride with us We a Spitfire, you don't need no pyrotechnics We gon' get this shit cracking from Ohio to now everybody in the house, put your lighters up CGKC, come ride with us It's when you spit fire, you don't need no pyrotechnics We gon' get this shit cracking from Ohio to Texas one gig kid, the album, the mascot, five o'clock shadow, got me looking like Sasquatch independently. Made money off a laptop, grown man shit, grease cactus in the ascot. Pouring nine to the eight three two, Steve G and Canino. So what you gon' do? Do I think I'm the best? Not necessarily, but I come with the goods. Call me necessarily. I know I've been going a while now, back word up. Bend over, baby, lift your cap, stool skirt up. Certified rhyming, don't breathe on my microphone. Lollipop style, I'm in love with that type of tone. Hit that herb till it's deep in my lungs. Got the whole world moving to the beat of my drum Spitfire in a fever, when under stress That means even at my worst, you still fucking with the best Now everybody in the house, put your lighters up DGKC, come ride with us Spitfire, you don't need no pyrotechnics We gon' get this shit cracking from Ohio to Texas Now everybody in the house, put your lighters up DGKC, come ride with us When you Spitfire, you don't need no pyrotechnics We gon' get this shit cracking from Ohio to Texas Special mention to those no longer with us. This past Monday, we lost American country music artist Hal Ketchum. Born Hal Michael Ketchum on April 9th, 1953, in Greenwich, New York, he released 11 studio albums from 1986 to 2014, including nine for Divisions of Curb Records. Ketchum's 1991 album, Past the Point of Rescue, was his most commercially successful, having been certified gold by the Recording Industry Association of America. Between 1991 and 2006, Ketchum had 17 entries on the Billboard Hot Country Song charts, including three that reached number two, Small Town Saturday Night, Past the Point of Rescue, and Hearts Are Gonna Roll. Ketchum's music is defined by his songwriting and folk music influences. Ketchum retired from the music business in 2019, following a diagnosis of dementia. In June 1998, Ketchum was diagnosed with a neurological disorder called acute transverse myelitis, an ailment of the spinal column, which left Ketchum without the use of the left side of his body. He had to relearn basic tasks, including how to walk and play the guitar. Ketchum was also a painter, and his work has been shown in Santa Fe, New Mexico's Pina Gallery, where he had an art show opening in 2002. He was also a master carpenter and enjoyed making toys. On April 14, 2019, Ketchum's wife Andrea announced on his Facebook page that early onset senile dementia, including Alzheimer's disease, had progressed to the point that he could no longer perform. Ketchum died at his home in Fisher, Texas on November 23, 2020 at the age of 67. Just yesterday, we lost English bodybuilder, weightlifter, and character actor David Prowse. Born David Charles Prowse on July 1st, 1935 in Bristol, England, he's best known for physically portraying Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy. In 2015, he starred in a documentary concerning that role, entitled I Am Your Father. 
Prior to his role as Vader, Prowse had established himself as a prominent figure in the UK as the first Green Cross Code Man, a character used in road safety public information aimed at children. Prowse died at a hospital in London, England on November 28, 2020, aged 85, after a short illness. His family did not provide any exact cause of death. Chadwick Boseman was an American actor. Born Chadwick Aaron Bozeman on November 29, 1976 in Anderson, South Carolina, he studied directing at Howard University, and he landed his first major role as a series regular on Persons Unknown in 2010. Bozeman's breakthrough performance came as baseball player Jackie Robinson in the biographical film 42. He continued to portray historical figures, starring in Get On Up as singer James Brown and Marshall as Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. Bozeman achieved international fame for playing superhero Black Panther in the Marvel Cinematic Universe from 2016 to 2019. He appeared in four Marvel films, including an eponymous 2018 film that earned him an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture and a Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture. As the first black actor to headline a Marvel film, Bozeman was also named to the 2018 Time 100. In 2020, he starred in Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, and his final film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, is scheduled to be released posthumously. Bozeman was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2016, which eventually progressed to stage 4 before 2020. He never spoke publicly about his cancer diagnosis, and according to The Hollywood Reporter, only a handful of non-family members knew that Bozeman was sick, with varying degrees of knowledge about the severity of his condition. During treatment involving multiple surgeries and chemotherapy, he continued to work and completed production for several films, including Marshall, The Five Bloods, My Rainey's Black Bottom, and others. Bozeman died at his home as a result of complications related to colon cancer on August 28, 2020, with his wife and family by his side. Bozeman died without a will, and his estate will be governed by California law. He was 43 at the time of his death. Roger Troutman was an American singer, composer, songwriter, producer, and multi-instrumentalist. Born Roger Troutman on November 29, 1951 in Hamilton, Ohio, he was a founder of the band Zap, who helped spearhead the funk movement and heavily influenced West Coast hip-hop due to the scene's heavy sampling of his music over the years. Troutman was well known for his use of the talk box, a device that is connected to an instrument, frequently a keyboard but most commonly a guitar, to create different vocal effects. Roger used a custom-made talk box, an electroharmonics, or a golden throat, and later in his career a synthesizer. As both band leader of Zap and his subsequent solo releases, he scored a bevy of funk and R&B hits throughout the 1980s and regularly collaborated with hip-hop artists in the 1990s. On the morning of April 25, 1999, Troutman was found shot and critically wounded outside his Northwest Dayton recording studio at 7 a.m. According to doctors, the 47-year-old had been shot several times in the torso. Troutman died during surgery at the Good Samaritan Hospital and Health Center. Roger's brother Larry was found dead in a car a few blocks away with a single self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. The car matched the description of a vehicle leaving the scene of Roger Troutman's shooting, according to witnesses. The gun found with Larry also matched the one that fired the fatal shots at Roger, suggesting that Larry had shot Roger and then committed suicide. Gary Shandling was an American stand-up comedian, actor, director, writer, and producer. Born Gary Emanuel Shandling on November 29, 1949 in Chicago, Illinois, his best-known works were It's Gary Shandling Show and The Larry Sanders Show. Shandling began his career writing for sitcoms such as Sanford and Son and Welcome Back, Cotter. He made a successful stand-up performance on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, where he became a frequent guest host. Shandling was, for a time, considered the leading contender to replace Johnny Carson. Other hopefuls were Joan Rivers, David Letterman, and David Brenner. In 1986, he created its Gary Shandling show for Showtime. It was nominated for four Emmy Awards, including one for Shandling, and lasted until 1990. His second show, titled The Larry Sanders Show, began airing on HBO in 1992 and was even more successful. Shandling was nominated for 18 Emmy Awards for the show and won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series in 1998, along with Peter Tolan for writing the series finale. In film, he had a recurring role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, appearing in Iron Man 2 and Captain America, The Winter Soldier. He also lent his voice to Vern the Turtle in Over the Hedge. Shanling's final performance was as the voice of Icky in the live-action remake of The Jungle Book. 
During his four-decade career, Shanling was nominated for 19 Primetime Emmy Awards and two Golden Globe Awards, along with many other awards and nominations. He served as host of the Grammy Award four times and as host of the Emmy Award three times. Shanling suffered from hyperparathyroidism, a condition that can be fatal. On March 24, 2016, Shanling died at St. John's Health Center in Santa Monica, California at age 66. The Los Angeles Police Department reported that he suddenly collapsed in his home and was rushed to a hospital, suffering from an apparent medical emergency. By the time the paramedics arrived, Shanling was unconscious. The autopsy showed that he died from a pulmonary embolism. Rest easy, y'all. Today is the 51st birthday of Panamanian-American Hall of Fame pitcher Mariano Rivera, who played 19 seasons in Major League Baseball for the New York Yankees from 1995 to 2013. Nicknamed Mo or the Sandman, he spent most of his career as a relief pitcher and served as the closer for 17 seasons. A 13-time All-Star and 5-time World Series champion, he is MLB's career leader in saves and games finished. Rivera won five American League Rolaids Relief Man Awards and three Delivery Man of the Year Awards, and he finished in the top three in voting for the AL Cy Young Award four times. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame as part of its class of 2019 in his first year of eligibility and was the first player ever to be elected unanimously by the Baseball Writers Association of America. Rivera signed with the Yankees in 1990 and debuted in the major leagues in 1995 as a starting pitcher before permanently converting to a relief pitcher late in his rookie year. After a breakthrough season in 1996 as a setup man, he became the Yankees' closer in 1997. In the following seasons, he established himself as one of baseball's top relievers, leading the major leagues in saves in 1999, 2001, and 2004. Rivera primarily threw a sharp-moving mid-90s mile-per-hour cut fastball that frequently broke hitters' bats and earned a reputation as one of the league's toughest pitches to hit. With his presence at the end of games, signaled by his foreboding entrance song, Enter Sad Man, Rivera was a key contributor to the Yankees' success in the late 90s and early 2000s. An accomplished postseason performer, he was named the 1999 World Series Most Valuable Player and the 2003 AL Championship Series MVP and he holds several postseason records, including lowest earned run average at .70 and most saves with 42. Revere is regarded as one of the most dominant relievers in Major League history. Pitching with a longevity and consistency uncommon to the closer role, he saved at least 25 games in 15 consecutive seasons and posted an ERA under 2.0 in 11 seasons, both of which are records. Fellow players credit him with popularizing the cut fastball across the Major Leagues, Along with his signature pitch, Rivera was also known for his precise control, smooth pitching motion, and composure on the field. He exhibited a reserved demeanor on the field that contrasted with the emotional demonstrative temperament of many of his peers. He was more callous. He was more cold. About as cold as an assassin. And that leads us to Across the Lines. He would step across the line. Habitually. He's a habitual line stepper. Line stepper. November of 2000, the video game Hitman Codename 47 was released. The game revolves around Agent 47, a clone created to be the perfect assassin, apparently lacking any human emotions whatsoever. Enlisted as a contract killer by the fictional International Contract Agency, 47 is sent to various locations across the globe to kill targets in a silent fashion. His flawless record places him in high demand among the wealthy and elite. Each game presents their own storyline that, for the most part, are not interconnected, but nonetheless occur in the same continuity. And just like Agent 47, Mariano Rivera was a contracted killer himself by the New York Yankees and George Steinbrenner, the wealthy and elite of Major League Baseball. He was sent on missions not to kill, maybe to kill batting averages, whether it was Fenway Park across the city to play the Mets like they did in the World Series of 2000 whether it's to play the Tampa Rays the Braves the Dodgers you name it and he did it flawlessly in a stoic manner with no emotion in a silent fashion if you will 
In Hitman 2, Silent Assassin, Agent 47 tries to leave his life as an assassin behind and seeks peace in a Sicilian monastery, but is forced out of retirement when his mentor and friend, Father Vittorio, is kidnapped. Mariano Rivero is always seeking peace. Even when the pressure is mounting up, he remains calm. The Yankees lost to the Diamondbacks in the World Series in 2001, and the Yankees lost to the Mariners in 2003 in the World Series. But he perspired. He stuck with it. He didn't overthink things. And eventually he would win another World Series in 2009 with the Yankees. Now, Agent 47 eventually learns that Vittorio's kidnapping was orchestrated by the brother of one of the men whose DNA helped create 47, only to bring him out of retirement and kill everyone involved in a deal to purchase a nuclear warhead. Losing to the Diamondbacks in the World Series? Losing to the Mariners in the World Series? That didn't phase him. That kept him on path to seek and destroy to a career record-breaking ERA of 2.0. Now, after years of contract killing, Agent 47's reputation had spread far and wide, making him the most wanted assassin among the world's wealthy and elite, just like Mariana Rivera's reputation had made him wanted. One time, Mariana Rivera pitched eight scoreless innings against the Chicago White Sox, allowing just two hits while striking out 11 batters. At one point, owner George Steinbrenner considered an offer to send Rivera to the Mariners in exchange for shortstop Felix Furman, but the Yankees management convinced Steinbrenner to instead entrust the position to rookie Derek Jeter, and man, did that work out for them. That same year, he would help the Yankees advance to and win the 1996 World Series against the Atlanta Braves. It was the franchise's first World Series championship since 1978. He also finished in 12th place for the American League Most Valuable Player Award and third for the AL Cy Young Award, which is given to the league's best pitcher. Commentator and former player Tim McCarver wrote that the Yankees revolutionized baseball that year with Rivera, a middle reliever who should have been on an all-star team and who was a legitimate MVP candidate. Yankee staff members selected the song Inner Sandman as Rivera's entrance music. They did so after witnessing in the previous year's World Series how enthusiastically San Diego fans reacted to closer Trevor Hoffman entering games accompanied by ACDC's Hell's Bells. Although Rivera was indifferent to his entrance music, Inter Sandman soon became as much part of his identity as a closer as his cutter. It added to the mystique and legend of Mariano Rivera, a monster on the mound, one of the most dangerous, just like Agent 47 was considered one of the most dangerous. One of the most dangerous criminals, albeit, but one of the most dangerous. Being a contract killer is not an easy line of work. You have to have short-term memory. You have to be able to compartmentalize your successes and failures. Just like Mariano Rivera, he's won and lost some of the biggest games in the history of baseball, and he's no worse for the wear when he gives up a home run. Rivera even explained the need to quickly forget bad performances, saying the game that you're going to play tomorrow is not going to be the same game that you just played. Derek Jeter called him the most mentally tough teammate with whom he had ever played. Just to give you an idea of his postseason dominance, more men have walked on the moon than scored an earned home run on him in the playoffs. His signature pitch, the cut fastball or cutter, has been compared by opposing batters to a chainsaw because its late, fast movement breaks bats off in batters' hands. But does he care about the opposing team's batter? Does he care about the opposing team's batter's bat? No. He cares about getting K's and W's, W's and K's. He's a man of little emotion, a man of less words. He's a contracted killer. When asked to describe his job, Rivera once put it simply, I get the ball, I throw the ball, and then I take a shower. Does Agent 47 care about taking lives? Of course not. He's a contracted killer, just like Mariana Rivera who happens to be the last MLB player to wear number 42 before the Jackie Robinson rule was enacted. And that was across the lines. Line stepper. So I hear the new Save by the Bell reboot sucks. That's all. On this day in 1994, the album My Life was released. 
My Life is the second studio album by American R&B recording artist Mary J. Blige, and it was released by Uptown Records. Many of the topics on My Life deal with clinical depression, Blige's battling with both drugs and alcohol, as well as being in an abusive relationship. Unlike her debut, What's the 411, in 1992, Blige co-wrote 14 of the album's tracks, making it her most introspective and personal album at the time. Similar to her debut album, My Life features vast production from Sean Puffy Combs for his newly founded label, Bad Boy Entertainment, which was at the time backed by Arista Records. Considered to be her breakthrough album, My Life became Mary J. Blige's second album to reach the top 10 on the Billboard 200 chart, peaking at number 7 and debuting at number 1 on the top R&B hip-hop albums chart for 8 weeks. In 1996, the album was nominated for Best R&B at the 38th Grammy Awards, while in December of the same year, the album was certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America for shipments of 3 million copies in the United States. It also won the 1995 Billboard Music Award for Top R&B Album. In 1996, following the album's success, MCA issued a remix EP entitled My Life Remix Album, which featured artists such as LL Cool J and Lauryn Hill. A special commemorative edition of the album was released on November 20th of this year. Following the success of her debut album, What's the 4-1, and a remix version in 1993, Blige went into the recording studio in the winter of 1993 to record her second album, My Life. Producer Chucky Thompson was brought in and had originally been contracted to produce one song in an interlude for the project. He ended up being a last-minute replacement as the producers Blige worked with previously on What's the 411 demanded more money when the album was certified triple platinum. Blige loved the one song Thompson produced for, which made Combs change the direction of the album. Combs called recording engineer Prince Charles Alexander out of the blue after Jodeci went on to record Diary of a Mad Band. Alexander was brought in at the end of the record after working on albums by other artists on Bad Boy Entertainment, such as Total, The Notorious B.I.G., and 112. In the middle of recording My Life, Combs suggested covering Rose Royce's 1977 hit I'm Going Down, which he wanted Alexander to handle the session. However, the two butted heads over production credit issues, as Combs wanted to give credit to himself and Thompson, although neither were present for the song's recording session. Alexander fought hard to seek production credit from Combs, and the two battled it out over the phone over the issue. Combs later explained it was due to receiving a flat royalty rate for producing the majority of the songs, and Alexander's production credit would have interfered with the royalty rate. To circumvent the issue, Alexander insisted on having two more sessions with Bad Boy Axe. One of the other songs he produced was another Rose Royce cover, Love Don't Live Here Anymore, for Faith Evans' 1995 debut, Faith. Alexander was later called back in to do some mixing and recording. On the song K. Murray Interlude, it originally featured the Notorious B.I.G. He was taken off due to the song's lyrical content, which would have forced Uptown Records to release the album with a parental advisory sticker. Rapper Keith Murray was the replacement, while the Notorious B.I.G.'s verse would be released on the song Who Shot Ya. The album was a breakthrough for Blige, who at this point was in a clinical depression, battling both drugs and alcohol, as well as being in an abusive relationship with Casey Haley of Jodeci, which was reported in several tabloids. In this period, Blige would once again dominate the charts with her singles, the top 40 hit Be Happy, a cover version of I'm Going Down, and You Bring Me Joy. The album uses primary soul samples from R&B musicians such as Curtis Mayfield, Roy Ayers, Al Green, Teddy Pendergrass, Marvin Gaye, Barry White, Rick James, and his protégés, the Mary Jane Girls. Enemy wrote that the beats reigned supreme and commended Blige for telling her audience she grew up the same way they did, listened to the same things, and was influenced by the same situations. Village Voice gave it three-star honorable mention, indicating an enjoyable effort consumers attuned to its overriding aesthetic or individual vision may well treasure. They cited Mary Jane and I'm Going Down as highlights while calling the album Around the Way Girl's Recipe for Happiness. In a mixed review, Spin found most of the songs too ordinary and felt that Blige's compositions give her space to stretch out and emote, but for all the melody they possess, they might as well be breathing exercises. The Los Angeles Times found it drab and devoid of attitude from Blige, who doesn't add her own hardcore signature any, to any significant degree. In 2002, My Life was ranked number 57 on Blender's list of the 100 greatest American albums of all time. The following year, Rolling Stone placed it at number 279 on their 500 greatest albums of all time, 281 on the 2012 revised list, and 126 on the 2020 list. In 2006, the record was included in Time's 100 Greatest Albums of All Time list. 
My Life debuted at number 9 on the Billboard 200 chart and it would eventually peak at number 7. The album debuted atop of the top R&B hip-hop albums chart at the number 1 position for selling 200,000 copies, where it spent a total of 8 weeks atop of the chart. The album would ultimately go on to spend 46 weeks on the Billboard 200 albums chart and 84 weeks on the R&B hip-hop albums chart. The album was charted in Canada, peaking at number 37 and at number 59 on the UK albums chart. On December 13, 1995, My Life was certified triple platinum for shipments of 3 million copies in the United States. Happy 26th anniversary, My Life. Thank you, Mary J. Blige. Entertainment history. In 1959, the second Grammy Awards are held. Mac the Knife and Bobby Darin are winners. In 1969, the Beatles single Come Together reaches number one. In 1988, Guns N' Roses released the album GNR Lies. It was the band's second studio album, also the band's shortest studio album. According to the RIAA, the album has shipped over 5 million copies in the United States. Patience was the only single released from Lies and peaked at number 4 on the Billboard Hot 100. In 1993, Motorhead released the album Bastards. In 1994, Mary J. Blige releases the album My Life. In 1996, Diana Ross releases the album Voice of Love. And Stained releases their debut album Tormented. In 2002, Concert for George is held at the Royal Albert Hall in London as a memorial to George Harrison on the first anniversary of his death under the musical direction of friend Eric Clapton. Performers included surviving Beatles members Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Clapton, Jeff Lynne, Ravi Shankar, and Billy Preston. The event benefited the Material World Charitable Foundation. In 2005, Chris Brown releases his self-titled debut album, Chris Brown. The album debuted at number two on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart. It has been certified triple platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America. The album also earned Brown his first two Grammy nominations for Best New Artist and Best Contemporary R&B Album at the 49th Grammy Awards. In 2010, Rolling in the Deep, the single by Adele, was released. It would go on to win Billboard Song of the Year in 2011, Grammy Award for Record of the Year, and Song of the Year in 2012. And on that same day, Jasmine Sullivan releases the album Love Me Back. In 2013, the film Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom, which is a biopic of Nelson Mandela's release. In 2017, American TV host Matt Lauer is fired from NBC's Today Show after an allegation of sexual misconduct. Matt Lauer. Err, err. In 2019, Risotto releases What Would Chine Gun Do, which would be their debut album and the world would never be the same again. The game releases Born to Rap. He announces that's his last album ever, ever, ever. And on that same day in 2019, K-pop stars Jung Joon Young and Choi Jung Hoon are sentenced to prison for gang raping unconscious fans and distributing footage of it. Yikes. That wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Tonight I'll be watching Pookie be a gangster on the season finale of Fargo. You kids make sure you look out for those dummies and trucks on the road. Peace. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye.